He's been advisor to Presidents Clinton and Trump. And now, he's here to advise us all. Dick Morris is on 77 WABC. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me. Jokers to the right of me. Secret agent man. Secret agent man. They've given you a number. Part of my secret agent portfolio is that I have infiltrated the state of Connecticut where I live, and I've been fomenting revolution for Leora Levy, who is running for the Senate against Blumenthal. So I'm trying to change the world here in Connecticut by exiling the rhinos that run the Republican Party. And you will. They, uh, that is my sidekick here, Doug DePiro. Hey, Dick. How you uh, doing? A Renaissance man yeah. who builds uh, and remodels bikes and cars and... Friends and women. Women. And he paints murals. Uh, he's irreplaceable and irrepressible. Um, the uh, Republicans who run Connecticut are so accustomed to defeat and so so invested in it because they cut deals with the Democrats and they, they, they're like the hogs that live off the scraps from the table. Right. And <clears throat> so they don't mind the people eating as long as they can get the scraps. <laughs> And uh, when they put up a candidate for office, their voters, the Republicans, are so inured to defeat in Connecticut that they ask, who is the sacrificial lamb I'm supposed to vote for today? Who's the candidate who's going to lose to the Democrats? And now there is a bold, aggressive young woman named Leora Levy, who last week was endorsed by President Trump, uh, who is running against the rhinos and saying, I ain't no sacrificial lamb. I'm here to win. And uh, it is so refreshing and so wonderful to see her. Uh, the, that's the problem in a lot of the blue states. The Republican Party is not a competitive party. Its job is to be the losing party. Its job is to be, they call it, the loyal opposition, which means you don't make too much of a fuss. You don't stir anything up. You don't do anything horrible like close down the government or tie up the legislature. But you, you, you are the symbolic opponent. Uh, so that nobody can say there is no opposition. And uh, and that is what the Republicans usually are. And they nominated a woman who who is in the tradition of that. She's the uh, the House Minority Leader, uh, Themis Claritas. And uh, she was way ahead in the polls. Everybody thought she was going to win. And then a few days before, a few days ago, the primaries on Tuesday, Trump jumped in and endorsed Levy. Nobody anticipated it. Levy oh. didn't anticipate it. And all of a sudden, that race is competitive, and I think Levy's going to win. And then bad news for Blumenthal. I think that means that he can be defeated uh, because Blumenthal is, is not a senator. Blumenthal is a rubber stamp <laughs> marked yes. And uh, he just goes around stamping bills, yes, yes, yes. I think his support score is he's voted with President Biden about 95% of the time, maybe 99 Maybe 110. It's a statistical anomaly. But um, it is a good thing that there is a real chance to defeat him and a real alternative to him. Now, closer to home in New York City, we have a primary involving Carolyn Maloney, who is a leftist, and uh, Jerry Nadler, who is off the charts. And uh, it's a heck of a primary fight. Uh, I have a uh, I've, I've, Jerry Nadler was my roommate in high school and co- in college, uh, so I've, I've I've a residual feeling about him. But I was absolutely amazed when I learned what Carolyn Maloney did in the Congress. She sponsored a bill to permit Americans living abroad to conceal their earnings, conceal their bank accounts, and conceal their financial transactions so they wouldn't have to pay any taxes. 
when Obama was president, he passed a law called FATCO, F-A-T-C-O, that required banks to disclose the credit information of Americans who had bank accounts there if they were living abroad. And that was because in the U.S., uh, that disclosure is routine. But if you live in France, it does, they don't, banks don't have to do it. If you live in Switzerland, they'll positively die on the rack rather than do it. And this law required them to do it, or otherwise they can't give credit cards or accounts to Americans living abroad. And the sole purpose of the concealment of this is tax avoidance. And uh, Maloney, who runs from the east side, or used to be called Silk Stocking District, uh, is filled with uh, Americans who live abroad, who vote out of their home addresses in New York. And she gets money from them. They're a key part of her base. And Obama passed this law to collect taxes from Americans not living in the U.S., and Maloney wants it repealed. So on the one hand, she's raising taxes on Americans who live here while she's encouraging tax avoidance for Americans who don't. And in the last two or three weeks, Maloney added insult to injury. She voted to increase the staff of the IRS by 85,000 animals, hawks, vultures, <laughs> right. who will swoop down upon us and take our money from us. Vultures. And at the same time, she's increasing the IRS staff more than doubling it. She's get, voting for tax avoidance for Americans who don't live here. What's the, what's her, what's the reasoning for her to the do that? The reasoning is that they give her a lot of campaign contributions. That's it. And she says, you know, why should we? She says that some foreign banks are denying credit cards to Americans because it would trigger this kind of disclosure. Well, too bad. Right. Uh, the Americans living here have to have that disclosure. Americans living abroad should. But, uh, but I am thrilled at what Trump is doing in general of making over the party. What I think we have to understand is that when Trump ran in 2016, he had a takeover of the Republican Party. Now he's doing a makeover of the Republican Party. And that's just uh, a, a totally different order of magnitude. Is this in your book? Yeah, uh, it's all over my book, uh, that that this is not just somebody who put himself on top of a party that didn't like him. <laughs> he took over a party that didn't like him. That's why I don't like him. And replaced him with people that liked him. Right. <laughs> and replaced <laughs> him with people that agreed with him. They can't buy him. The key element in the old orthodox Republican ideology was Adam Smith's old book, Wealth of, The Wealth of Nations, where he said that we need free flow of goods and labor. Products should be able to go across national boundaries without tariffs or taxes, and workers should be able to live anywhere they want and work anywhere they want, regardless of nationality. And then Trump came along and said, said what do you have, your screeching music there? Ah. And, yeah. Well. Hold on. <laughs> Keeps going. The, ding, crash, ding, ding. the crash was somebody else. It's like a wheel yeah. going down the road. So he came in and he said, wait a minute, guys. Free flow of labor means two million illegal immigrants come crashing our country, uh, crashing into our country every day, uh, every year taking our jobs. That is the sound of illegal immigration. That was my idea. (laughs) (laughs) And and Trump said, wait a minute, we can't allow that. I know that Adam Smith says we should, but my job is to represent the American people, not the global elites. And while the global elites may really like the idea of free flow of labor, because it means they can get the cheapest labor they can, and they can make products in countries where they pay the workers 10 cents an hour and they don't have to pay them $15 an hour like they have to pay Americans. But I don't like it, and the American people don't like it, and we're not going to put up with it. And as for free flow of goods, I know that you really like the idea of importing stuff from China that costs nothing, so you can charge a lot and you can make a big profit. But that's not what Americans want. They want their factories to remain open, their businesses to prosper, and they do not want to be using all of our spending power to keep China afloat. So he said, I'm not doing free flow of labor, immigration controls, the border is sealed, and I'm not going to do free flow of goods. I'm imposing 25% tariffs on anything that comes in from China. 
Right. And very right. effective. Very. But the special interest in the Republican Party, the the uh, the country club set, want the illegal immigrants and they want the low cost products uh, to come in, and uh, that was the source of this tremendous anti-Trump feeling in the Republican Party. Mm-hmm. And now Trump is going state by state and making those folks face the music. Well, we are changing the world, and we're doing a very good job of it, and Donald Trump is leading the way. In Arizona, he just had a clean sweep. The Arizona Republican Party was basically a a branch office of the Democratic Party. When people look at the fraud that stole the election in Arizona, they say, oh, but it was Republicans that did it. And we say, yeah, it is. The Republicans worked for the Democrats in Arizona. And now some independent Republicans who opposed the governor and opposed the party leadership took over the party because Trump endorsed them. And the same thing's happening in Michigan. And I say bravo. If I could change the world, I would. And this is a great way to do it. He's been advisor to Presidents Clinton and Trump. And now he's here to advise us all. Dick Morris is on 77 WABC. So let's go to Adam in Connecticut. Hey, Adam. Hey, Adam. I uh, voted for Trump in uh, the first two elections in the 2020, 2016. And I see I'm kind of moved on. and I really like DeSantis now for 2024. And I think what's going to happen is uh, if DeSantis does get the the nomination, which is a strong possibility, I think that Trump is going to run as an independent and is going to probably split our party in half because he doesn't have – he, Adam, he doesn't have any loyalty. Adam, no you're, loyalty. Fu- you're full of it. Never uh, Trump will never run as an independent. No way. Trump will win the Republican nomination. And I don't know whether you know it or not, but you're going to have to vote for Trump a third time because the alternative is going to be Hillary Clinton, and you're not dumb. Uh, let me uh, let me say this about Trump. Uh, people are wondering, can he win the general election? It's okay. He wins primaries. Can he win in the general like this woman I'm backing in Connecticut, Leora Levy. Uh, you know, she's not a copy of the Democrat. She's she's against the Democratic view on abortion. She's pro-gun. She's a real difference from the Democrat Blumenthal. And can she win? Or do we have to be Republicans who are stealth Republicans who hide their party and vote the way the Democrats want? I say not. In an off-year election for Congress, the turnout is 20% lower than in a presidential election year, which means that the people that vote are the people that have something to vote for. Right. And it's not habitual voters who say, today's election day, so I have to go and vote. You know, I have to get butter and mayonnaise and pick up the laundry and, <laughs> and vote. drop off the kids and vote. You know, it's Tuesday. <laughs> right. And those are not the voters that usually come out. The voters that come out are the people who say, I want to elect this person or right. I want right. to defeat this other person. And... Donald Trump is supplying motivation, which is what Republicans have always never had in these blue states. Mm. They say, oh, my God, today's the day I have to vote for the sacrificial lamb who's going to lose the election by 100 points. What's right. his or her name? Well, they so, just yeah. go and get that butter and they forget about the vote. No, no, usually they get the butter. But yeah, well, I right. guess they do. Yeah. All right. So uh, so that I think that that's that's crucial now. There is a bit of corruption that will absolutely, completely confound you. It is probably the single biggest and most corrupt loophole in our tax code, and that takes some doing. It's called carried interest, and it is to protect carried interest that Kristen Sinema flipped and voted for the Democrats' budget resolution. 
carried interest says that if you are a manager of a hedge fund, which is admittedly not a large group of people, it's maybe, you know, a handful of people, a couple of thousand, maybe 10,000, and they make enormous salaries. They're, they're millionaires every single year. Wow. And it says that they do not have to pay the full income taxes that all of us do. Those of us who are in the top bracket have to pay 37% of our income in taxes. But if you're a manager of a hedge fund, you get to pay 20%, which is the capital gains rate. Capital gains, well, a capital gain is when you invest your own money that you paid taxes on, and now you're going to win money, extra money from your investment. And on the profit that your investment makes, you got to pay a capital gain of 20%. Okay, that's probably fair. Some people say no. I think in balance it's okay. But the manager of the hedge fund also gets to take the capital gains rate, even though he hasn't a dime invested in the property. It's not his money. He's managing OPM, other people's money, and yet he gets to act like its own, his own at tax time and take a lower tax rate so he doesn't have to pay the same rate that school teachers and cops and firefighters have to pay. And that is so outrageous. There's no justification for it. There's not even a theoretical justification. They say it's to stimulate the economy, but that's that's garbage. Now, this loophole that costs us $19 billion. $19 billion. $19 billion that these guys get away with. And it, the, reason, the reason it survived this long is the Democrat, Chuck Schumer. Uh, Schumer normally rants and raves about making the rich pay their fair share. Yeah. Uh, but he voted to continue the carried interest loophole. And he said, frankly, at least he was honest about it, he said, the reason I'm doing it is I'm the senator from New York and Wall Street's located here, and it's my job to defend the people on Wall Street uh, because they're my home industry. Uh, you know, just like in Michigan, senator needs to defend the car industry. But when he became majority leader and went into Biden's orbit, he dropped that and he said, okay, if we can get the reconciliation bill for Biden's big spending passed, but we need the left to do it, and they want us to drop the carried interest loophole. So I'll drop it. I'll get rid of it. I won't do it. And the bill was speeding through the Senate, and it looked like it would pass easily. And then something happened. Kristen Cinema came along, and she represents Arizona. And that's where all of the tax fund managers have fled. To Arizona. Most of them are probably in the witness protection program, but <laughs> in any case, they wind up living in Arizona. And uh, she said, my home industry now is the hedge fund managers, and I'm going to continue to make that loophole available to them. Huh. And they, in turn, made tens and tens of millions of dollars available to Kristen Cinema for her campaigns. So it's like, you know, the same racket, a different racketeer. Right. <laughs> used right. to be Schumer and now it's cinema. That's the big. Yeah, that's the big. And they're they're saying that they can that, that they are really virtuous for doing that. Yeah, pay to play. But the point is that the hedge fund managers are subscribers to dire straits. I always yeah. wonder, do they even care about how it looks to the, the normal people in the world? No, they like how their bank account looks. That's it. Yeah. Right. They and forget they about the mirror. And they like how their life looks. Right, right, right. But the mirror, they don't care much they, about. Right, right. Um, so it is incredible. That, and let's go to Al and Yonkers. 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 Yay. Who has a comment for us about that? Yeah, Al. Yeah, hi, Dick and uh, Doug. Nice to speak hi, to you. Al. And again, hi. thank you for taking my call. I just wanted to say, you know, that the Senator Manchin voting for this uh, this legislation with uh, Schumer was a real disappointment. He really sold out because what really bothers me more than anything, I think in the, the whole union, in the nation, in the November 22 election, 
I think Trump, Donald Trump, uh, President Trump, got his largest vote out of West Virginia. Yeah. And even hillbilly elegy, uh, J.D. Vance, <laughs> yep. who wouldn't have won his primary without Donald Trump's support, and I hope he remembers that, uh, is from uh, – no, I thought he was from West Virginia. That's Kentucky. But my point is that this is a state who gave Donald Trump his a huge uh, support yeah, and vote. Right. And yeah. it's a shame well, that Manchin sold let out. Me, let me tell you, yeah, I do, but let me tell you why he sold out. And I've said this a couple of times over the course of the last year, but now that he's sold out completely, I'm shouting it from the rooftops. All right. He's corrupt. It's a payoff. It's a bribe. For his honey. For his wife. His wife is named Gail Manchin, and she has been appointed by Biden head of the Appalachian Regional Commission, which is a federal appointment to an interstate compact of 13 states in Appalachia. And their job is to take money in from the federal government and give it out to local businesses to stimulate economic development. And in this case, they're stimulating their bank account. Hmm. Because Maloney, Mrs. Manchin, Mrs. Manchin, gave a bit million and a half dollars to a company that she's a part owner of that's supposed to be investing in economic development oh, in the that Appalachian nice? areas. Oh. And the money that she's giving out is appropriated in the bill Manchin is just supporting. Isn't that called conflict if that, of interest? Yeah, if that bill fails, she doesn't have the money. Right. She doesn't get the money. He doesn't get the money. I think you call that a conflict of interest. Oh, my goodness Would, would you agree with gracious. that? Gracious. Great. Thank you, guys. So you look at the stupid reconciliation package, and the whole country was in suspense. Would Manchin and Cinema stand up for principle? Yeah. Uh, and would they oppose this? And for month after month, they said, yeah. And it turns out all they were doing was raising their bargaining price, bargaining for the, to increase the payoffs that they got. Their principal in a bank account. <laughs> yeah, right. not the interest. Exactly. That's good. It's in their interest to get the, the principal, principal in the bank account. <laughs> so, so Manchin uh, gets the payoff to his wife for this commission that in turn she gives to companies she owns that in turn goes into their joint bank account. Unbelievable. And cinema gets the carried interest loophole included in the bill so she can get millions in campaign contributions to totally and completely like undeserved and like outrageous tax loophole. Unbelievable. And everybody's shocked that oh, they caved geez, in. Everybody's it. saying, oh, why are they doing that? They were so principled. Full of crap. Some people even said, why doesn't Manchin switch parties and become a Republican? Yeah, right. Because Republicans go to jail when they do stuff like that. Yeah, right. Democrats get reelected. <laughs> That's so true. Yeah. I'm laughing, but it's not funny. This is it just so absolutely true. absolutely is. Hi, it's Lou Dobbs for Priority Gold, America's precious metals dealer. These are volatile times with high inflation, soaring debt, wars on multiple continents, and rising financial stress. Central banks are buying gold to diversify their reserves, so are many Americans. Call Priority Gold and find out how precious metals can help you diversify your portfolio. They're highly rated and happy to help. Call 1-866-303-6357 or get a free gold guide at PriorityGoldGuide.com. That's PriorityGoldGuide.com. Talk Radio 77 WABC. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. So in the last segment, I threw out a good line where I said that that the reason that Manchin stays a Democrat is so he won't go to jail. Because if he becomes a Republican. If a Republican and did that stuff, he'd go to jail. And that sounds like a funny line, but it's true. And let me explain why. Have you noticed that Biden is a Democrat? Have you noticed that Merrick Garland, the attorney general, is a Democrat? Have you noticed that the Department of Justice 
George Orwell invented the name, headed by Merrick Garland, indicts Republicans, not Democrats. None of them, right? It doesn't investigate Democrats. A Republican can show up at a demonstration to protest his vote being stolen, and he gets sentenced to six years in prison. And a Democrat can get away with the stuff I've just talked about that Manchin and Sinema are doing, and nothing happens to them. And that's because, whereas sometimes... In ideal world, we have impartial, nonpartisan judges. I hope we do. And we have impartial and nonpartisan juries. Nobody said we have impartial and nonpartisan prosecutors. They're political appointments. And if you live in a democratic state or a democratic area, or right now a democratic nation, the prosecutor is going to be a Democrat. Right. And he's going to prosecute Republicans, not Democrats. So if you're a bank robber, you choose to go to the place that doesn't have good bank security. And if you're a senator, you choose to go to the place where you can get away with larceny without being indicted or convicted, and that is the Democratic Party caucus in the Senate. And that is why Manchin and Sinema will not switch parties. They'll stay where the cow is and yeah. milk it every time they needs a vote from them for a bill. Yeah. That's what's going on. Um, let me go to um, uh, to uh, Joe, who has an interesting thought about Michelle Obama. Three. Joe in New Jersey, three. Yes, hi. Uh, I just want to let you know I voted uh, for President Trump twice, and I intend to vote uh, a third time. But you had mentioned that Hillary Clinton may be the, the candidate for I think it, it won't be that I think a sleeping giant is Michelle Obama. And I think they're going to hide her for a little bit and wow. uh, then they'll bring her out. She is an Obama. She's a woman and she's an Obama. And I think we should really put our sights on her mm-hmm. and see nobody's talking about it. None of the media, none of the cable, nobody. So well, I she, think we have to watch out for her. I think you're probably right there, Joe. Uh, so. She says she's not running, but so does everybody. She says that she doesn't want to be president, but so does everybody who gets elected president. And uh, it's always possible. I don't think that she's that dangerous. I think she'll begin very good in the polls because she's new and a woman, an African-American. But then something really horrible is going to happen to her campaign. She's going to open her mouth. (laughs) (laughs) And words are going to come out. Right. Words like when she said the only time she felt proud of her country was when her husband got elected president. Oh, I hate that. And when the words come out, they're going to be to the left of the Democratic Party. She's going to endorse segregation, giving federal money only to blacks. She's going to endorse critical race theory, teaching everybody in school that whites are responsible for the poverty of blacks because all whites suppress all blacks and all whites are racist Right. and stuff like this. Well, that'll get her the nomination, and, but not the general. Well, it may not even get her the nomination, but it'll certainly kill her in November. Uh-huh. Uh, so I, I would not sit up at nights worrying about that because the odds are she will open her mouth. Right. <laughs> and she's angry. Let's go to Joe on Long Island. Hey, Joe. Yes, hello. Um, I just wanted to say uh, I look forward to the Republicans taking the House this November, but I think the Senate's going to be more difficult. And I wanted to focus specifically on Trump and the Republican Senate candidates that he endorsed. And I don't I hope I'm wrong, but the impression I get is that they think they can coast to election victory in the general election just on Trump's endorsement. And I hope they realize this is where the real fight is going to start. You haven't met Donald Trump, yeah, man. Really? I think he'll let them do that. No way. <laughs> you know, there's a guy named Mo Brooks who <laughs> thought that. Uh, he was running for Senate in Alabama this year, and Trump endorsed him. And he did just what you said. He coasted on the Trump endorsement. He got a gazillion dollars in direct mail because Trump endorsed him from Alabama, and he just coasted. And then he coasted and coasted, and then you know what happened? He stole. Trump called him and said, you are you are not working. You are not doing anything. And he said, yeah, I'll work harder, Mr. President. And then he did nothing. And then you know what happened? Trump pulled the endorsement. Trump held a press conference and said, I'm no longer supporting Mo Brooks because he's lazy and not working hard and not doing a damn thing. And Mo Brooks was defeated. 
and a Trump loyalist was elected. So I wouldn't bet that Republicans are going to do any coasting when you work for Donald Trump. And it's you, too important now, too. You don't coast. But what is going to happen is that because Trump is endorsing them, voters will understand that this is a chance to change their own party, mm. to change the Republican Party. Let me – my book out now is called The Return, Trump's Big 2024 Comeback. But it references a book that I wrote uh, – 20 years ago, called Power Plays. And in it, I talk about how potent it is, how strong it is when you run on a platform of reforming your own party. Uh, because normally when people go into the voting booth and they are going to vote Democrat or Republican, the negatives of that party bother them as they do it. Ah, I got to vote Republican because I hate the Democrat. But, oh, my God, all these guys do is stand up for big business and say no to everything or the other way around against Democrats. And if you take a stand and you say, I'm running for office in part because I want to change my own party, because I agree with you about the defects of my party, but I'm going to embrace its strengths. But to change my party, I want to get elected. Mm. So that's really what Trump did. He came in and he said, I'm a Republican. And I'm going to vote Republican. I'm going to fight for abortion, uh, fight against abortion. I'm going to fight for, against gun control and keep spending down and tariffs up and all of that. But I'm also going to stop these country club advocates from running the Republican Party. I'm going to change the Republican Party into a working person's party, supporting the working class and opposing the leisure class. And I can't stand it when the Republican Party just is at the speck and call of the leisure class. Right. And people flock to his candidacy because of that. And, uh, and, and now you're looking at a bunch of Senate candidates and governor candidates who are elected under, with the same imprimatur of saying, I'm not just, take Leora Levy in Connecticut. She's running against Blumenthal. She's oh. saying he's a lousy senator. <clears throat> he's a rubber stamp. All he does is vote for whatever Biden tells him to do. And on top of that, he lied his way into office by faking his com- faking a combat record in Vietnam when he never set foot that in the country. That was horrible, disgusting. So, so I'm running against Blumenthal, but I'm also running to change the Republican Party because we're a token party. We're a party that never wins anything, never plans on winning anything, never tries to win anything. We just run all the time because there has to be a Republican candidate and we lose. We're like the wrestler in the wide world of wrestling whose job is to lose. (laughs) His job is to fight like hell, throw his opponent all over the ring, stomp on his head, and then get pinned to the mat for a count of three. That's his job. That's the script he's assigned. The fall guy, literally. Literally. Exactly. And we have these fall Republicans in the fall (laughs) who do everything they can to lose because that's their script. That's the part they're supposed to play. And in return, they get their legislative seat. They get perks. They get staff. They get goodies. They get to influence some bills that help help them. And Leora Levy and and other people like like Kerry Lake in Arizona and Masters in Arizona – and Tudor Dixon in Michigan is saying, no, we're going to change that. We're going to be a fighting Republican Party that will not accept out living in blue states. We're going to change that. Let's go to um, George in Rockland County. Hey, George. Hey, uh, Mr. Morris. Thanks for taking my call. Great show. Uh, so I am so, so much one to the Republican to take the the governor of the state of New York, mm. but I'm extremely concerned about Zeldin. I think Zeldin, I think he's a rhino. Uh, I think he got it because he kissed the ring of hey, the George, you're, friends. George, you're, you're not wrong, but you're obsolete. The time to say that was before the primary. You lost the primary. The guy you backed lost. And now it's time to support Zeldin because the alternative is Kathy Hochul. Oh, my God. Cuomo still running the state. Those corrupt Democrats doing it. Whatever sin you're going to accuse Zeldin of, uh, Hochul has got it far worse. You know, rhinos are Republicans and Republicans and Democrats in Republican clothing. Well, 
Hokel is a wolf in wolf's clothing. Hmm. <laughs> and, and, you know, th- there's no way that you can vote for a Democrat over her, over uh, Zeldin, and not have something far worse. So come on, George, look at the, look at the real world here. Let's go to Mark in Dover, Delaware. Hi, Dave. Dover, uh, Delaware. Commiserations yeah. on living in Biden's state. Um, the Monster Mile. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can. Yeah, that's right. The Monster Mile, correct. Um, I, I would call him because I, vo- I did vote for Trump both times, and I'm concerned about the way he talks off the cuff, his impulse to tweet in the middle of the night. He has a lot of smart people around him, and he doesn't use any of them as a filter. And so, you know, sometimes he can be his own worst enemy. Yeah, and sometimes he can come down hard on the people that try to filter him. Right. He makes them into a filter fish. <laughs> <laughs> Donald Trump does what he wants. He does what he effing well wants, and nobody stops him. That's why he gets Nobody censors him. Nobody really much edits him. Right. He said in endorsing my book, The Return, he said, Dick Morris and I conferred regularly throughout the 16 and 20 campaigns. He helped me hone my message and aim it at the right audience. Okay, you can do that with Trump. You can hone the message. You can say, I think maybe this orientation might be better than that. This word might be better than that. This sentence might be a better way to put it. And you can target the audiences. You can say, oh, your rap about these uh, demonstrators tearing down statues is convincing for blue-collar whites, but it's more effective at Hispanics who chose to come here who don't like their country deteriorating. Mm -hmm. You can aim it at the right audience. But if you try to do more than that, if you try to tell Trump what to be for, to be what to be against, yeah. what positions to take, and God forbid you try to stop him from a mean tweet at oh. 3 in the morning, that's the last time he'll ever take your phone call. <laughs> and the reason Donald Trump got elected president twice and the reason he's going to win a third time and actually serve is because of that. Because right. everybody knows he's authentic. Everybody knows he's real. When Megyn Kelly says, you call women fat slobs, <laughs> and Trump says, only Rosie O'Donnell. That was hilarious. I mean, that you, was great. How are you not going to vote for a guy Only like Rosie that? O'Donnell. I, mean, I almost fell I over. Mean, the problem is you think politicians lie and sugarcoat everything. How can you not vote for a Donald Trump <laughs> like that? The, what, what brings him there is the honesty and the let it all hang out effort yeah. of his speeches and his tweets. But thank you for your call. So true. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. You don't have any secrets. CNN and Fox News and all the anti-Trumpers can't get over it. But Dick Cheney has done an ad for his for Liz Cheney, his daughter, saying that Donald Trump is, the and I'm quoting him now, the greatest threat to the American republic yeah. in our history. That includes Jefferson Davis. That includes Benedict Arnold. That includes John Wilkes Booth. Uh, I mean, come on. Uh, some perspective guy. But why do the Cheneys hate Trump so much? Why is Liz Cheney showcasing with this phony January 6th commission? Why do they do everything they can at every turn of the road to diss Donald Trump? And next week, why is Liz Cheney going to lose her political career hmm. by getting defeated in the Wyoming Republican primary? Why? And the answer is a grudge. The answer is bad blood between Trump and the Cheneys and the Bushes. In 2016, Trump defeated Jeb Bush 
the fair-haired boy of the Bush family and of the Cheney family because they joined at the hip. A Jeb Jeb. <laughs> Jeb Jeb, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and he defeated Jeb, but he didn't just defeat him. He mocked him. I know. Trump ridiculed him. Hired, what he called him low-energy low Jeb. Low-energy. And, and he was. And, and it, Jeb Bush had all of the establishment for him, all the king's horses and all the king's men. Right. He raised millions of dollars from the old Bush lists and outspent Trump by almost two to one. Amazing. And yet Trump beat him handily in the Republican primary. <clears throat> and they have never gotten over that. The Bush family is, feels it's entitled to be America's royal family. They elected a president. Basically, he elected a guy who lost, but Ronald Reagan put him up, picked him up and put him on the ticket Reagan for vice great. president, and then he coasted into the presidency. And then the son got elected because Bill Clinton was involved, shall we say, with <laughs> Miss Lewinsky. He was involved. And, and, uh, and, Je- and Bush ran on the fact that he hadn't done anything like that, <laughs> and, uh, and he got elected. And now they want a third Kate bite at the apple. They want the father, the grandfather, the son, and the grandson all elected president. Mm. It's the hereditary office of the Bush family. They tried with um, George P. Bush in Texas, who just got defeated by um, by Ken Patton for attorney general in the Texas Republican primary. So thank the Lord, another Bush generation got nipped in the bud. Mm-hmm. But they are not happy that Donald Trump dethroned Jeb. And it is bad blood that is motivating this. It's a grudge. It's the most fundamental grudge you can imagine. And uh, it has nothing to do with January 6th. It has nothing to do with the 2020 election. It has nothing to do with Trump's acerbic personality or Liz Cheney's being a rhino. Nothing to do with any of that. This is simply a hissy fit Eight match between the two of them. Hmm. People wonder, for example, why Fox News has gone against Trump. Why did they suddenly flip? You yeah, know, right. Rupert Murdoch owns Fox News, Wall Street Journal, and the New York, and New York Post. And they were marching in lockstep for Donald Trump and for the Republican Party. And then Rupert Murdoch yelled, Company halt! <laughs> About face! Forward, left, 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 right, left. I wish right, we had left. cameras in the studio. Yeah, and and they completely reversed field, and all of a sudden Donald Trump is the worst SOB in the country. Why? Uh, why? Yeah. Because Rupert Murdoch doesn't like Donald Trump and never did. Uh, in 2016, Trump uh, was running against Hillary, and Murdoch, he wouldn't follow. Trump found out, that Murdoch found out, that Trump wouldn't follow his orders. He wouldn't take direction. He was his own man. Murdoch would call him and tell him what to do, and Trump would say, "Uh uh-huh, well, thanks for your call, Mr. Murdoch. I'll get back to you. And uh, Murdoch wasn't doing that. He was accustomed to slavish deference. And when Trump wouldn't listen to him, he got so frustrated and so annoyed at Trump that he called Hillary Clinton in 2016. This is on the record. Hillary and, and Murdoch both admit it. And the purpose of the meeting was to consider whether he could disendorse Trump and endorse Hillary Clinton. That's how P.O.D. he was at that. Donald Trump. Wow. Then Trump, but he didn't bother him much because he knew Trump would lose. Uh, I knew Trump would win. I wrote a book called Armageddon, How yeah. Trump Can Defeat Hillary. Uh, and my book, The Return Now, is kind of the sequel to that. But uh, but nobody else knew it. Nobody else was predicting that. And Murdoch assumed that Trump would lose. And then when Trump won, he found that he wouldn't take his phone calls. He found that he wouldn't cotton to him. He didn't give a damn what he said. He was just being his own man. So he vowed to get even with Trump. But he couldn't do it while Trump was president because he's too powerful. And he controls the Federal Communications Commission that has to license Mr. Murdoch's properties. Ah. And so he wasn't going to diss Trump while Trump was president. Then the 20 election happens and Trump loses or is said to lose. Mm. And suddenly the wolves come out of hiding and they go after Trump because now he's not president and he can't do that to him. And now when it looks like Trump is going to come out and run a third time 
and it looks like he's going to win the nomination. He's got to Murdoch sends an order to the New York Post, an order to the Wall Street Journal, and an order to Fox News. About faith. Oh my God! You know the rest of it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, wow. and and it's and that's what's going on here. Great insight. It's one man's there, peak, one man's peevish peak. Peevish peak. Yeah, Whatever, yeah. absolutely. Uh-huh. His peevish peak it's makes me puke. It's peepees. Anyway. So uh, that's what's going on. And sometimes a bunch of big babies. Personal revenge is such a big part of politics, particularly when you're when there are two billionaires fighting. <laughs> that's 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 worse than, you know, a history. They got thing. a lot of ammo. Yeah, that's right. Uh, let's go to uh, Max in Manhattan. Hey, Max. Hey, Max, we got you. OK, let's go to Edward in Chicago. Yeah, Dick, uh, good morning. Uh, hey. Thank you for taking my call. You're welcome. Uh, yeah, I'm a little bit nervous uh, about only getting the house this uh, winter. Uh, I was watching the uh, Fox Roundtable, and they were emphasizing the fact that the abortion has overtaken the inflation as far as an issue. Oh, God. No so, Nobody thinks that. Uh, what, I'll, yeah. give you, I'll ask you a question, Max. How many people would you say you meet in the course of the average day who are pregnant and want to get an abortion. Right. And now how many people do you meet in the course of the average day who need to fill up their car with gas? <laughs> Which is more numerous? <laughs> people yeah. that eat gas, people that use gas, or people that want abortions. Um, and the abortion issue is, is, is going to fade because everybody that lives in New York and New Jersey and Connecticut and all of the blue states are going to realize nothing's changed. In fact, if anything, the state's moving to the left on abortion. Right. Uh, they're now saying it's okay to do it as you're about to give birth. You know, shoot them at the first sign of oh labor. My God, that's and so uh, forty weeks, they're saying. And um, but inflation is continuing; it's increasing. It's absolutely horrible. It's at nine percent now, going up to ten, eleven, and twelve. And the only thing that's going to cure the inflation is a recession. Will cure high blood pressure by bleeding to death. But let me get to the core of your question, Max. Oh, I'm sorry, Bob, I think. Ed, Ed. Ed, okay, sorry. Ray, the, um, the, the answer is that we are doing very well in the Senate races. Get my book, The Return, Trump's 24 Comeback, for the details, but let me run, summarize them for you. I got it. There are four states that we have a very good shot of winning. Arizona, where we just nominated Masters, who's a very strong candidate against Kelly. Uh, Ke- Mike Kelly was elected because of sympathy for get for his wife Gabby Giffords, right, who was right, right. almost assassinated. Poor thing. Uh, and and he also is an astronaut, so he was elected because he was a hero. But there's an inconvenient question that Mr. Kelly can't answer. What on earth have you done lately? <laughs> On Earth. The answer is nothing in the Senate chamber or on Earth. And he's been a total-line Democrat, a hell of a contrast with Sinema, who at least is an independent, and I think he's going down. I think that Warnock in Georgia is basically a communist, and despite his early stumbles, I think Herschel Walker will beat him because Georgia has reformed its law so he can no longer cheat. And the only thing that made Georgia a purple state as opposed to red state was cheating, and now they can't do it anymore. Uh-huh. And Nevada and New Hampshire, we have good shots there. And uh, we have a very good shot in Colorado and the candidate I've just been talking to you about, Leora Levy, in Connecticut. Uh, and in addition, we might pick up the state of Washington. So we have at this point, I think, seven good shots at winning. And the only seat we have that's vulnerable is Ron Johnson incumbent in Wisconsin, but he's not really vulnerable. He's in pretty good shape, and he'll win the election. So I wouldn't worry that much about it. I think we're going to do okay. Um, let's go to uh, Anthony on Long Island. Hello? Anthony, hi. What's up, Anthony? Yeah, thank you all for taking my call. Yeah, quick question. Um I don't mean to bring this up, but the, that, that documentary about 2,000 mules, yeah. there have been people shown on video surveillance t- depositing 10, 20 yeah. ballots. I've, I've seen it, and it's a shame that 
everybody hasn't seen locations. it. The TV networks don't like that movie, and they're boycotting it, oh, but yeah. I'm not. not I think it was really important. <clears throat> but I believe there's a case coming up to the Supreme Court that I talked about the other week called Moore v. Harper. And, uh, Moore versus Harper. <laughs> Doug said when I say Moore v. Harper, sounds like they're asking name. what's the V standing for. <laughs> yeah, right. Who's Moore? Moore Victor Harper. Yeah, right. <laughs> Moore. Versus. Yeah, no, Moore versus Harper. Thank you. In which the Republicans are saying, hey, the Constitution says that the times, places, and manner of holding elections for Congress and Senate shall be determined by the state legislatures, mm-hmm. not the states, not the governors, not the state courts, the legislatures. And we have five swing states now, Minnesota, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and North Carolina, where the good guys, the Republicans, control the legislature, but the Democrats have a governor that keeps vetoing the bills for election reform. And when Moore versus Harper is decided, and I think we're going to win it because four judges supported it to agree to hear the case in the first place, the gov- those bills will be veto-proof. The governors will be unable to cast their vetoes. And that means the elections will be conducted under clean ground rules. And I think that means that we're going to overcome this drop box problem. So we talked a little bit about the race in Connecticut. And please vote on Tuesday if you live in Connecticut for Leora Levy. Oh, she's great. Uh, And that way you can have a two-party system in Connecticut. Right now we have a two-party system, the corrupt party and the stupid party. (laughs) But now the stupid party is about to get some brains and nominate Leora Levy. Thank you, Dick Morris. Thank you. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.